Hey everyone, I'm Eric Thompson, and welcome to this week's Three Shifts edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. In case you didn't know, you can sign up for free on sixpages.com to have the Three Shifts edition and summaries of our deeply researched briefs emailed to you each week. And for those interested in our more in-depth analysis on shifts ranging from electric vehicles to psychedelic-based therapies to natural language generation, you can become a member at sixpages.com forward slash join. A membership will give you unlimited access to our member-only briefs and content repository. Okay, let's get into this week's shifts. It's July 16th, 2021, and here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, the biggest shifts in Biden's sweeping executive order on competition. Two, China's new carbon trading market in the carbon tracking opportunity. And three, Alt Chicken is gaining a bigger voice at the table. Shift one, the biggest shifts in Biden's sweeping executive order on competition. Last week, U.S. President Biden signed the far-reaching executive order on promoting competition in the American economy, focused on promoting competition, lowering prices, increasing wages, and encouraging innovation and growth. It provides direction on 72 initiatives involving well over a dozen cabinet and independent federal agencies, including the Department of Justice, DOJ, Department of Defense, DOD, Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, Department of Transportation, DOT, Federal Trade Commission, FTC, Federal Communications Commission, FCC, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, CFPB, and more. The respective agencies retain significant latitude, with the phrases quote-unquote encouraged to and quote-unquote shall consider used over two dozen times in providing direction to agencies and their leaders. If many of the initiatives are implemented, which could take years, the order will have sweeping implications. We highlight the areas that represent the biggest shifts. Antitrust The order establishes a White House Competition Council to coordinate a quote-unquote whole-of-government response on industry concentration, monopolies, and quote-unquote unfair competition. It asserts a policy of quote-unquote greater scrutiny of mergers, alongside revision of horizontal and vertical merger guidelines, in the following markets, labor, agricultural, healthcare, and especially tech. The order has a particular eye to quote-unquote nascent competitor acquisitions and data accumulation, and affirms the government's ability to challenge old transactions. Tech acquisitions have faced intense antitrust scrutiny over the past year or so. For example, Amazon MGM, NVIDIA Arm, and Facebook Giphy, with some, like Visa Plaid, falling apart under the pressure. The scrutiny is already chilling acquisitions and may impact startup fundraising due to fewer exit opportunities. Labor. The order asks the FTC to ban or limit, quote, the unfair use of non-compete clauses and other clauses or agreements that may unfairly limit worker mobility, end quote. The FTC is also being asked to address unnecessary and burdensome, quote-unquote, occupational licensing restrictions. Today, nearly 30% of U.S. jobs require a license, and most of these occupations are treated inconsistently across U.S. states. Finally, the DOJ and FTC are being asked to strengthen the antitrust guidance that prevents employers from colluding to suppress wages and benefits. Tech firms have been in the spotlight in the past for quote-unquote no-poach agreements. The net effect will be greater worker mobility and higher wages. Data and privacy. 
In addition to the scrutiny of mergers that involve data accumulation and impact privacy, the FTC is also being encouraged to write rules on, quote, unfair data collection and surveillance practices that may damage competition, consumer autonomy, and consumer privacy, end quote. Momentum has been growing behind privacy regulations since the California Consumer Privacy Act took effect in January 2020. Since then, the tech ecosystem has accelerated efforts to shift to this new reality, from Google and the leading browsers transitioning away from third-party cookies to Apple shaking up mobile cross-site tracking of users. All paths going forward will lead to and through consent, as U.S. policy begins to align more closely with Europe. Right to Repair the FTC is encouraged in the order to exercise rulemaking to address, quote, unfair anti-competitive restrictions on third-party repair or self-repair of items, end quote. The DOD is also directed to avoid procurement contract terms that make it hard for service members to perform self-repair, especially in the field. Quote-unquote right to repair is about whether manufacturers are required to provide access to diagnostic and repair information, manuals, parts, and tools so that independent service providers and individual owners can repair equipment on their own. The FTC has already indicated support in its May 2021 Nixing the Fix report that concluded, quote, there is scant evidence to support manufacturers' justifications for repair restrictions, end quote. While the movement is still relatively nascent, the trajectory is becoming more clear and in the direction of greater openness and agency for consumers and independent service providers. Open Banking in addition to heightened oversight of bank mergers, the order encourages the CFPB to write rules that, quote, facilitate the portability of consumer financial transaction data, end quote, to let consumers switch banks and use new products. This will likely accelerate open banking, the sharing of financial data with third-party applications via APIs with consumer consent, in the U.S., which hasn't yet reached the level of policy-driven momentum seen in other countries, for example, the EU, UK, Hong Kong, and Australia. We can expect an increased pickup in investment around U.S. startups focused on open banking in the enabling technologies. Net Neutrality and Open Internet Biden's order encourages the FCC, which currently still needs a fifth commissioner to break ties, to reinstate net neutrality rules requiring Internet service providers, ISPs, to treat all content equally. It also calls for the FCC to avoid excessive concentration in spectrum auctions, to support 5G open radio access network architectures that facilitate more interoperability and supplier and equipment flexibility, to bar unreasonable termination fees on consumers' communications contracts so they can switch providers more easily, to institute a standardized quote-unquote broadband nutrition label providing pricing transparency, and to prevent ISPs from making exclusive deals with landlords. Collectively, these are likely to make for a more open internet, give consumers more choice, and result in lower prices for connectivity. Healthcare. In addition to greater scrutiny of hospital consolidation, the order directs HHS to promote low-cost hearing aids sold over-the-counter, support price transparency by providers and insurers, standardize plan options on the national health insurance marketplace, and develop a plan to combat high-prescription drug pricing, including support for imports from Canada streamlining the pathway for generics and biosimilars, and banning quote-unquote pay-for-delay deals between big pharma and generics makers. This guidance has the potential to meaningfully bring prices down for consumers and disrupt the legacy healthcare system. And this isn't even all of it. There are more initiatives in the order that touch upon farming, 
for example, defining what quote-unquote product of USA labels mean for meat products, air travel, for example, refunds of fees when baggage is delayed, liquor, for example, updating trade practice regulations that inhibit market access for smaller brewers, internet marketplaces, for example, barring the use of third-party seller data to launch copycat products, shipping, for example, barring exorbitant detention and demurrage fees on waiting freight by container shippers, railroads, for example, requiring track owners to treat passenger rail and other freight companies fairly, real estate, for example, addressing tying or exclusionary practices in real estate listing and brokerage, and more. This executive order is incredibly ambitious. With implementation in the hands of the respective agencies, there is no guarantee that provisions will be executed in the way the White House is encouraging. However, many key initiatives fall under the auspices of the FTC, led by newly appointed big tech critic Lena Khan, and other independent and cabinet agencies led by Biden appointees. Together, these initiatives serve as a broad brush exclamation on the seriousness of the Biden administration's intent to foster competition, open up markets, and protect consumers. As in any market shift, this executive order will result in winners and losers. In general, large incumbents stand to lose market power and be more constrained on strategic options. Startups and entrants will find their barriers slightly lower, and consumers will see more choices and lower prices. Big tech firms like Facebook and Google might see their margins eroded over time. The more focused tech firms like Netflix could benefit from challenges to competitors' acquisitions, for example, Amazon MGM. To read more content related to Right to Repair and Biden executive orders, check out our July 14, 2021 brief, Momentum is Building Behind Right to Repair. In our April 30, 2021 Three Shifts edition, Biden's executive order raises the minimum wage for federal contractors to $15 per hour. Shift 2. China's new carbon trading market and the carbon tracking opportunity. China is kicking off online trading for its National Emissions Trading Scheme, ETS, today, establishing the world's largest carbon trading market. China, the world's biggest carbon emitter accounting for 27% of emissions, has a goal to reach peak emissions by 2030 and be carbon neutral by 2060. $800 million in emissions credits are projected to be traded under China's ETS this year and rising to $25 billion by 2030. The launch of China's ETS, initially announced in 2017, comes as the EU plans an overhaul of its own carbon trading scheme as part of an ambitious climate action plan. A spate of startups have also emerged with carbon tracking and reporting solutions. Carbon emissions trading schemes typically place a cap on allowable emissions by organizations and set a price for those emissions. Firms are motivated to reduce emissions in order to sell credits or otherwise purchase credits to stay below their cap. The participants in China's ETS will be Chinese companies, initially including 2,225 companies in the power sector, accounting for about 14% of the world's emissions and about 40% of China's. It will then expand to seven more high-emissions industries over the next three to five years, eventually reaching up to 10,000 companies, accounting for 5 billion tons of carbon. Participating Chinese companies will initially be assigned caps per unit of power generation, or quote-unquote carbon intensity, and relative to their prior year's emissions, rather than an absolute cap, though this will be stricter in the future. Trades will take place on the Shanghai Environment and Energy Exchange which will allow listed transactions of under 100,000 tons of CO2 equivalent and hold price moves to within 10% of the prior day's close, 
a common feature of Chinese exchanges. Larger block trades over 100,000 tons negotiated with a counterparty can be within 30% of the prior day's close. Given that participating companies generally have sufficient credits to start, only, quote, modest transaction volumes and prices, end quote, are expected in the early days of China's ETS. Carbon prices in China are projected to trade at $4 to $8 per ton this year and rise up to $25 per ton by 2030, still well below the $55 to $70 per ton for the trading schemes in the EU and UK. In Europe, the EU Emissions Trading System, EU ETS, established in 2005, covers 41% of the EU's total emissions, with 10,000 power plants and factories, as well as airlines. This week, the EU unveiled its ambitious Fit for 55 legislative proposals, laying out policies to deliver on the European Green Deal and reduce emissions by 55% by 2030, with the goal of net zero by 2050. Among the proposals, which include phase-out of new combustion vehicles by 2035, and a controversial quote-unquote carbon border tax on imports of certain products is an expansion of the EU ETS. The plans for expansion include tightening the number of permits, phasing out free allowances for aviation, expanding to maritime shipping, and setting up a separate trading system for road transport and buildings. The UK launched its post-Brexit UK Emissions Trading Scheme, UK ETS, in January 2021. The UK ETS applies to energy-intensive industries, power generation, and aviation. Though modeled largely after the EU ETS, it has a 5% lower cap and a tighter intervention trigger. Regulators will intervene to reduce costs to companies when pricing hits two times the rolling average. The US does not yet have a national emissions trading program, instead relying on state and regional programs such as California's cap-and-trade program in the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, RGGI, run by 11 eastern U.S. states. Other notable countries with national emissions trading schemes include South Korea and New Zealand. The reliability and accuracy of emissions data are a key pillar of any emissions trading scheme. In China, for instance, power companies are asked to report emissions monthly to the government, and even with provincial and national ministry checks, some have been found to be falsifying emissions data. Industry watchers are projecting the emissions management market to reach $10 billion to $26 billion over the next five years. The emerging startup ecosystem around carbon accounting is hot right now, with a pickup in activity over the past few months. Vayu raised $1.6 million this week for its retail-focused carbon tracking platform. Fashion accounts for an estimated 10% of global carbon emissions. Emitwise, which raised $3.2 million in May 2021, offers an AI platform that measures emissions for companies and their supply chains. Prosophony, which raised $9.7 million in April 2021, provides a quote-unquote ERP for carbon data platform for carbon footprint management. Plan A, which raised $3 million in March 2021, has an automated B2B carbon monitoring and ESG, or Environmental Social Governance, reporting platform. Blackstone also acquired ESG consultancy Sphera, which offers carbon management and reporting services for $1.4 billion this week. While these represent just some of the recent activity, there are many more players in the space. To read more content related to carbon emissions and climate initiatives, check out our February 5th, 2021, Three Shifts Edition, ExxonMobil's $3 billion investment in carbon capture, and our February 26th, 2020 brief, Billions in Climate Funding from Bezos, Microsoft, KKR, and others. Why now? Shift 3. 
Alt Chicken is gaining a bigger voice at the table. Alt Chicken is one of the most active categories in alt meat right now, and competition has been heating up over the past couple weeks. The activity highlights the continued movement of alt meat into the mainstream and the growing relevance of alt chicken, which is growing 19% annually and addressing the $21 billion chicken for consumption market. Beyond Meat recently launched its plant-based Beyond Chicken tenders in over 400 U.S. restaurants. The primary ingredients are peas and fava beans, and they contain no cholesterol and 40% less fat than traditional tenders. Beyond Meat separately announced that Panda Express would start piloting an exclusive quote-unquote Beyond the Original Orange Chicken dish. Both launches have garnered early positive reviews. Beyond Meat has been working on alt chicken for some time. These new tenders are a distinct recipe from the Beyond Chicken strips introduced in 2012 that were eventually discontinued. It also last year piloted Beyond Fried Chicken with KFC, though it's still not known whether KFC will roll it out nationally or go a different direction. For example, 3D bioprinted chicken. Singapore-based NextGen Foods this week raised a $20 million seed extension to launch its plant-based Tyndall chicken alternative in the U.S. Tyndall's recipe, which uses sunflower oil and other plant-based fats to replicate chicken's flavor, originally launched in Asia, where it is now served at over 70 locations. NextGen will use part of the seed funding to hire 50 new positions across functions like R&D, marketing, and supply chain. It plans to collaborate with U.S. restaurants to curate dishes using Tyndall and ultimately enter retail. Gourmet announced a $10 million raise to scale its lab-grown poultry products. It develops its products using animal stem cells, with an initial product focus on lab-grown, quote-unquote slaughter-free foie gras, a dish that has developed a stigma for being particularly cruel to animals. It hopes to sell its foie gras alternative at prices similar to the real thing, and aims to launch by late 2022 to 2023. According to one Fortune review, the lab-grown foie gras was quote-unquote indistinguishable from the real thing. There are a long tail of players working on alt chicken. Plant-based nugs maker Simulate raised $50 million last month to expand into restaurants, new countries, and more than double headcount. In May 2021, lab-grown player Future Meat revealed it had reduced production costs for a quarter-pound lab-grown chicken breast from $7.50 to $4, still above chicken's typical $2 to $3 per pound retail price, but a 1,000x decline over the prior three years. In December 2020, Singapore became the first country to approve the sale of lab-grown meat, and startup Eat Just is now selling its cultured chicken nuggets there for $23 per plate. Other alt-chicken players include this, Like Meat, Daring, Sunfed, Before the Butcher, Prime Roots, Future Farm, the Knot Company, and Chicken Not Chicken, which are selling plant-based chicken pieces. At Last Food, which is working on whole cuts based on mushroom, Upside Foods, formerly Memphis Meats, Super Meat, Meatable, Lab Farm Foods, Clear Meat, and Appleton Meats, which are working on lab-grown meat, and Mission Barns, which is targeting lab-grown fat. There are also offerings from large food brands such as Kellogg's Incognito's New Chicken Tenders, introduced in April 2021, and Greenleaf Foods' new Lightlife plant-based chicken tenders and fillets, introduced in May 2021. For plant-based meat, achieving scale and reducing ingredient costs are key success factors, and plant bioengineering players such as Benson Hill are helping them improve ingredient yield and efficiency. For lab-grown meat, input challenges like access to raw materials and cell lines are lingering hurdles, and regulation is a significant dependency. 
Singapore is still the only country that has approved lab-grown meat. U.S. approval is likely far off and Europe's timeline unclear. Given the level of restaurant and retail interest in alt-chicken, expect to see further investment and progress in achieving quote-unquote taste parity and production cost milestones. To read more content related to alt-meat, check out our May 14th, 2021 Three Shifts edition, Alt-Meat Players Are Driving Down Prices Closer to Beef. Under October 28th, 2019 brief, the rise of alt-meat, Impossible Burger jumps to number one in grocery outlets. That's it for this week's Three Shifts edition. A reminder that if you'd like to read more content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on what's next for quantum computing. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts edition. Three Shifts edition.